The Buccaneers offseason is here on the Best in Class podcast, and that means JoeBucksFan.com draft guru Sean Sullivan. He's right in his wheelhouse talking all things Shrine Bowl prospects today and, of course, a hearty side of Bucks talk. Here it is, Sean Sullivan, Best in Class podcast, presented by Bill Curry Ford. Here's Sean. Hi, everybody. It's Sean Sullivan coming to you live from Bill Curry Ford Studios in Tampa. It is another great day in Tampa. Going to cruise through today. We get to start our All-Star games today. We're going to go through the players to watch at the East-West Shrine game, which is an amazing show of talent for the NFL draft. But first, let's uh, talk about Bill Curry Ford. Please follow us at uh, Bill Curry Ford Tampa. Follow us at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, BillCurryFord.com. Look at all of our amazing specials. Um, you can order a vehicle still at Bill Curry Ford. You actually get $500. I don't get anything, right, other than ordering a car. So it's all great stuff with the lifetime warranty. I'm just very excited about the, the dealership and the construction. It's really coming along. Um, we have signs all over the place for everyone to see that we're open for business. Uh, our parking garage is up. Our parts building is going up by the end of the month. We've got a lot of great stuff going on. Grace, is there anything that I should add that's going on right now? Uh, we're looking for four active charities. We are absolutely looking for brand new charities for 2023. So please contact G. Thomas at BillCurryFord.com. If you have a local charity that would help the Tampa Bay area, please get in touch with Grace. The Currys have 41 active charities currently. We are now sponsoring with our Rosarina, who is now signed on to be the spokesperson for Bill Curry Ford. Um, as you know, he is one of the base, best baseball players in baseball. He is a Cuban um, immigrant. Uh, which is fantastic. Um, we have a large uh, Hispanic following in Tampa. And right now, we are proud to be the sponsors of Arosa Arena's hometown team in several places that he is actually doing charity. Jennifer Curry herself is now paying for all of these jerseys and baseballs and baseball bats to be done to, to give uh, a chance to these people to be the next Arosa Arena. So that's great stuff, right, Grace? And if you haven't heard his commercial, it's fantastic. It's playing right now on um, three major radio stations. He does a terrific job, so it's a shout-out to a Rosarina. By the way, we have a raise season coming up soon, don't we, Don't we, Grace? Now that our football has ended uh, like I got shot, we can move on. So I, we started this podcast. What I wanted to do was just shoot through like my top 15 guys to watch. I, I know Steve's going to kill me at Joe Buck's fan. He says, can you keep it to five or ten of your favorite? And yeah, I have a lot of favorites, right? I have a lot of people that I love. I'm, I'm going to go through 15 players to watch. Then we're going to do the Senior Bowl later in the week. So the actual um, East-West Shrine game is on the 2nd, February 2nd at 8 p.m. It's part of the uh, Pro Bowl week for the, N- for the NFL. There's a lot of great talent going on, and we're going to go through that. But first, I have to talk about this San Francisco video. I can't get past it. For those of you who haven't seen it, please watch. The NFL just released Tom Brady's live mic during the San Francisco 49ers game where we got shellacked. And I actually found out through an ex-Buccaneer that the NFL actually has to ask permission to play to release this video and recordings to to the media. So from what I understand, they got permission from the Bucs to release this. Now, after watching it, as a businessman myself, and as a, and and obviously it's a very large business that the Currys have. It goes into everything. It's a it's a long historic third generation family business. So we have a, we have our hands in a lot of things. The one thing that I can tell you, as a person who operates this business, I would not want a video or a recording to show my business in a bad light. 
So basically, if there was a video out there of one of my employees mistreating a customer and I just had other employees that were not intervening and making sure that a customer got taken care of. So it would, let's just say it would reflect poorly on the dealership as a whole. I would probably not want that video or give the okay for that video to go out to the public. Now, for some reason, this video is damning. It's awful. It's disgraceful if you watch it. And as a Bucks fan, I've been talking about this all year. So to me, it just basically solidified everything I've been saying all year about how this team has not wanted to play football. That they play with no heart, they play with no energy, and I don't mean all the players. What I'm saying is it's a, it's definitely a majority. And I'm trying to understand if it was Todd Bowles, if it was, if it was just um, a hungover effect, if it was a lack of liking Byron Leftwich's offense. I'm trying to figure out why, and Jason Light's a bright individual. Let me just put it out there. Everybody knows that he's a very smart individual. The Glaciers are very smart. They have a, a gigantic PR team that I've met. They're wonderful people, very smart people. Why release this out to the public and why release it now? It just doesn't make any sense to me. And what are you trying to tell the public? Are you trying to tell the public that that we had players on our offense that did not care about winning the game in the in, in the in San Francisco? Because that's what it showed. It showed Tom Brady trying to be a leader, Tom Brady trying to be the GOAT. He actually talks about this is why you love football. If you if you want to be anywhere in the whole world, you want to be in, in uh, playing for the 49ers in their stadium, playing against the 49ers in a game head-to-head where it's going to go battle-to-battle. If you love football, nothing could be better than a 4 o'clock game. And I, I'm going to say candlestick, but that's what I remember as a kid. Like, that's the glory days, right? That's the best part. And then when you see Donovan Smith and you see Leonard Fournette completely uninterested in the game, completely uninterested in what Tom Brady was saying, and then the rest of them just didn't look enthusiastic. So why would we release this? And why would we want this? I mean, to the point to where Tom Brady had the microphone removed because he had had enough of, of his team. I don't know what it is. I, uh, I talked to Lita Kemper this morning about this, and I said, as a fan, it's so disturbing to see this. Why are we paying for season tickets? Why are all these people spending all this money, their hard-earned money? And by the way, I told you last week, some people spend two weeks' salary to go to a football game. Some people spend a month's salary to go to a playoff game to watch a bunch of millionaires not care about what they're doing, about their job. Just absolutely indifference where you have a couple of guys doing everything they can to win and they have nothing but but anchors around their uh, around their feet holding them back. The only thing I can think of is the Bucks wanted us to see how dysfunctional the offense was under Byron Leftwich and that was the reason why he got fired. Because it it's still a reflection of Todd Bowles' team. And and he's the head coach. I don't I don't know what the answer is. Maybe one day I'll figure it out. But the only thing I can think of, the only reason why as a business I would release something into the public that is so disturbing about my product was to show the firing of Byron Leftwich and why it was necessary. Because if I'm Tom Brady and I went through that behind the scenes and no one knows about it, I couldn't run out of here fast enough. And if Tom Brady does come back next year, you know I have a whole new level of respect for him because the team doesn't want to win. And I don't get it. 
And you know what? Maybe Todd Bowles is right. Maybe what he needs is his own assistance. He, and again, he's the only head coach besides an interim head coach that didn't get to pick his assistance. In no time in NFL history have I ever seen a player or a coach not pick his assistance unless he was an intern. And it was an intern basis. So maybe Todd Bowles is right. Maybe he wants to change the energy, and that's what they released the video for. I'm not quite sure. Bucks fans, you have to watch the video. It's a must-watch. Okay? Enough with the Bucks talk. They lost, right? They, they won eight games on the season. There's really nothing more to talk about, except I can get excited about the draft, right? I can get excited about C.J. Stroud, the best quarterback in this draft. Unbelievable talent. And I, I can get excited about that. I can get, I can get excited about, you know, Bijan being a, a difference maker running back, right? Coming out. I mean, the, the Bucks at 19 are going to have so many great choices. And I'm going to go pass rusher, pass rusher, pass rusher. But at this time, after watching that whole thing, the Bucks are actually going to get a chance to draft one of the top left tackles in the game, uh, in the draft at 19. I think that one of the two are going to be there. I think I'm right now, this early, I'm leaning towards drafting a left tackle. Um, but let's get on to the Shrine Bowl, all right? So I know um, everybody and, – and by the way, if you have questions about these All-Stars, you can always um, email me, bestinclass at billcurryford.com, or you can email grace at gthomas at billcurryford.com, and she'll get it to me. And then I think, Grace, I think we need, we're going to have to come out with – I'm getting so many text messages to my personal phone. What I think we're going to have to do is we're going to have to create some type of Twitter account for Best in Class. I think it's about time where I can release some videos – I can let the guys talk. I can let the good people love me. The people who hate me, they can still listen and, and bash on me. So that's all good. So we're going to talk about the top guys to look at at the East-West Shrine game. I'm going to start out with one of my favorite players, a difference maker in this draft. And I know it's going to sound funny because the East-West Shrine game is not first-round draft picks, okay? These are going to be your third, fourth, and fifth-round draft picks. And by the way, it's amazing if you look at the record of the East-West Shrine game, how many players get drafted. It's almost all of them. I mean, it's, 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 it's unbelievable the amount of depth that you have at the East-West Shrine game and the fact that teams are building depth by these guys' third, fourth, fifth round. So Zay Flowers is who I'm going to start with. He's a wide receiver out of Boston College, 5'10", ran a 4-3-40. He's one of the top receivers in the draft. At 5'10", I think that's generous when you look at him. I mean, unbelievable talent. He is so dangerous in the open field. He's probably going to be a slot guy, but I'm telling you right now, this guy's balance is what's going to make the difference. You know, everybody always asks me, well, what do you, when you're scouting, you know, and, I, and by the way, for the haters, I do get asked all the time about how I scout because I'm right 99% of the time, right? You can't be right if you don't know what you're doing. So I look for balance, okay? I want to know if a player gets hit, can he stay on his feet? If, if After first contact, can he stay on his feet? Does he run with his head down or with his head up? Right, that drives me crazy when I when I scout players and their heads are always down. It drives me. You can't see anything. Put your head up, lift your chin. Right. So Zay Flowers is one of those guys that is unbelievably dangerous with the ball. Uh, you know, pre-draft. Now remember, this is before the combine. This guy's got a third round grade on him right now by a lot of guys that get paid to scout. I'm not going to say they're experts, but the guys that get paid to scout have a third-round uh, grade on Zay Flowers. I think you're going to see Zay Flowers climb into the second round after the combine, okay? So that's my first guy. Watch out for Zay Flowers in the game. Let's get on to a center, high IQ guy, 
big guy, perfect size for a center. We're talking about Ricky Stromberg out of Arkansas. 318 pounds, 6'4". It doesn't matter what his, his speed is, but he runs a sub-5, 40. We'll see him at the combine. A guy that you can get right now, I think mm, late third round, possibly, that can start in the NFL at center. Unbelievable guy at his position. Physicality. He's in a run first offense. I, I just, I think he's going to be one of those meat graders. And I think he gives your, he gives this position a little, a little anger, which I love about him. One of the things that I read about him scout wise, which, which you don't see on the play is apparently he has the highest IQ, uh, football IQ on the Razorbacks that he's basically a coach on the field. You want your coach really to what? Be your center on your offense and your coach on defense is probably going to be your middle linebacker, right? I mean, that's usually the way it works. So look out for Ricky Stromberg. Now, if the Bucks, I know that we have, we have Jensen. We have to make a decision on Jensen, right? We have Hainsey, who's Hainsey. Hainsey's natural position is not, it's not center. And our other center, you, you know, plays three positions and don't know if, if he's a starting center. He's an emergency center. So let's just say that if we part with Jensen, we can pick up somebody like Ricky Stromberg who adds depth to that center position, doesn't have to start right away, but he could start. I just think if we're going to get young, more athletic, and be more run-centered, if, we, if that's really what Todd Bowles wants to do, then let's go all in, right? Let's go all in. Let's get a running game that actually works. Let's get some guys. Let's get some hogs out front. Next guy, we're going to go running back here, okay? So Mohamed Ibrahim, right, out of Minnesota, 5'10", 4'5", unbelievable. Uh, I know that Lee's going to love this. Lee Kemper is listening right now. You're going to love this. He's one of the best blitz pickup running backs in, in the college football. You're going to love this because I know that's what you hate. You're like, you, does Barry Sanders pick up the blitz? You know, I, I get it. I understand what you're saying, but it is an important part of the game right now. And this guy is the very best at it. You know, the interesting thing is at 5'10", right? Uh, at 210 pounds, he's not overly big, but he breaks a lot of tackles. He is physical and he runs angry, right? I love it. I mean, if I had, um, you know, a movie, if I was gonna, if I was gonna have a movie, right? I like it. Run angry, right? It's kind of like that Good Day Football and Richard White won the Angry Specter for running angry. I, I love that whole thing. I love players that run angry, catch angry, tackle angry. Just give me some emotion in the game, please. Some emotion in the game. I mean, I watched the Bucks all year. It's like watching paint dry. It's tough to watch. There's no energy. There's no aggression. There's no anger. The anger seems to be more towards the media than it is for the team that we're playing. Let's refocus our anger on what's important. And by the way, you guys are playing for contracts. I hate it when people aren't in a contract year. It's like they just go through the motions. It drives me insane as a fan. But again, Mohammed Ibrahim, you know, I think that if you're going to watch him on YouTube and you know what, when we, when we actually go to videos, I'll be able to go through these and actually show you videos of him running. I think that would be very interesting. Don't you think, Grace? I know that you guys are listening on the way home, but what I find interesting about uh, this podcast and why I like doing it is just because I can watch an NFL football game with anybody and, 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 and anybody's welcome to watch a game with me. Text me or, or email me if you guys want to get together. We'll watch a game together. I can tell you where the player played college football. I can play. I can tell you most of the time what star he was coming out of high school, and I can tell you where he was drafted. That's the fun part of what I do. I actually watch a game and I can see all the different players and see how they're succeeding. I love it. It's like 
it, it actually makes me feel connected. And it's not it's different than fantasy football. I'm not hoping they run for 100 yards or 10 touchdowns or whatever. I actually go, okay, I know that guy. That guy doesn't fit that system, right? I know that guy. That guy's going to be killer in that system. That's what I love about, about going through rookies. All right, let's get on to uh, the Pittsburgh defensive lineman. Now, I have no idea how to say uh, Baldonado's first name. I, I've heard it a million times. I'm not even going to attempt it. Please don't send me any emails saying I don't know how to talk it, because I have to memorize hundreds and hundreds of names, and I can never pronounce it. So Baldonado is a defensive lineman, and he's an edge rusher at 6'5", 260 out of Pittsburgh. Unbelievable guy in space. Plays like a linebacker, has the size of a defensive lineman. He can actually drop into coverage. Um, I actually like him as a pass rusher. When you're that athletic, forget dropping back into pass, you know, in, 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 in guarding tight ends and coverage. Forget all that. I want this guy, if he's this athletic and has the bend that Simeon Rice talks about all the time, let him get to the quarterback. But again, um, Baldonado's a guy out of Pittsburgh. I, I got a chance to watch him last year. Because uh, of Kenny Pickett, I guess I would say he's an interesting prospect. I, I don't think he's one of the the top guys in his position going into this draft. There's some there's some much bigger names, but I do like him. I definitely think that he's going to be a better pass rusher than people think. Uh, Kobe Turner out of Wake Forest, another defensive lineman, six three, three hundred pounds, ran a sub five forty, which is really interesting. You know, this guy's plays plays the game very strong, and you know, uh, I know that that's one of the things that. Uh, we talked about as Bucks fans with Logan Hall. We drafted Logan Hall out of Houston last year in the second round, and he needs to put on um, some strength. And I think Todd Bowles talked about his strength being in that defensive line. Kobe Turner is one of those guys that's actually coming from college football into the NFL already strong enough to be a man's game. He throws blockers with ease. He has um, a, a very, very strong counters. Um, he's very strong at the point of contact. He's a very physical player. Again, 6'3", 300 pounds. He's, he's one of those, like, he's definitely wider than he is tall, for sure. So um, d- definitely a guy to keep an eye on with that. I just like how strong he is. I'm interested to see what his bench press numbers are going to be uh, at the Combine. Here's a kid out of LSU at corner. Now, I think the Bucks are going to be looking for a corner, but I don't think they're going to be looking for a corner in the first round. But um, here's Garner, right, this kid out of LSU. I guess LSU has a terrific pedigree for corners and safeties, in my opinion. Garner is 6'2", 217 pounds. He's a little slow for me on the time that we have right now. But again, he's got plenty of time to go to the combine. But he ran a 4.55. That's not very fast, but he's a very rangy player. He has these long arms and long legs. You know, he runs like a horse, you know, with those long strides. He can get his hands up. He's very physical, and he can intercept the ball, which, again, I don't want any more corners. Please, don't, Bucks, don't draft any more corners that don't have picks in college. If you can't intercept the ball in college, you're not going to intercept the ball in the pros. Please, let's get some guys that have three, four, six interceptions on their career. Please, right? Don't just get a physical guy. And the other thing about Garner is, is he can actually tackle, which is really interesting. Moving on, Keandre Colburn. I don't know a lot about Colburn from Texas other than the la- every time I watch Texas play, you know, you can see him in the TV screen because he's 6'2 and he's 350 pounds. He's a very good player against the run surprise. Um, he ran a 5'2", 40 right now, and he can set the edge against the run. I don't know how he plays the edge in, in, in a 3'4", 
I, I think that he's more of an inside player. We'll see how that is at Texas. You know, they moved him inside and outside. But again, strong run stopper. I don't know how effective he is as a pass rusher. But again, if he's right now, he has a fourth round grade on him, right? So you draft this guy in the fourth round to get into the mix in your defensive line. And right now, we do need some defensive line um, help because, I mean, I don't know if, if Noches comes back for the Bucks. I don't know if Will Golston comes back for the Bucks. I don't know if Sanat comes back for the Bucks. But I, I do know that you're probably going to see Jason Light drafting some players for the defensive line to help with the run. You know, uh, Keandre Colbert might be one of those guys. Um, even Pace Jr., uh, Miami of Ohio, he's a linebacker. Again, the Bucks might be in the mix for a linebacker. I think they'd take a linebacker higher if we had to let Levante David walk. I don't think we're going to draft a, a guy this low. But again, six six foot, 230 pounds, a very, very powerful, physical, old school linebacker. He ran a 4.840. He has all the instincts to be a tackler. We talked about Devin Lloyd last year out of Utah. He led his team in tackles. He led the AFC in tackles. He just has that that gift to be a, a guy that knows where to go. What I like about um, uh, Pace is the fact that he can hold up against the run. You're, you're not going to really engage him and not, and not let him become a, a terrific run defender. This guy's going to fill the gaps. He's, gonna, he's very, very strong. He's just not fast. And I don't know... I don't know if 4-8 speed can translate in the NFL. Now, remember, we have a team with nothing but fast linebackers who just get run over all the time. So, And then we, we went and got Britt, who's a slower, more physical linebacker, you know, who hasn't really had a chance to play. And when he has played, he hasn't played very smart uh, on the field. So we'll see how that goes. Brenton Cox Jr., linebacker out of Florida. I, as a Gator fan, I got to see this guy for, for two years. Play 6-3, 250 pounds. Obviously, he's a terrific tackler. You know, he doesn't miss tackles. He has some pass rush in him. I think he's a little undersized, like his lower body is undersized. Right now, he ran a 4.640, which is super fast for a 250-pound 6'3 guy. I think you're going to see he's got a fourth to fifth grade round on him right now. I think you're going to see him moving up the, the draft. You know, obviously, his father played in the NFL. So basically, what I think you're going to see with him is you're going to see him move up draft boards. People are going to talk about his potential as a pass rusher. Um, he's a very physical player. The one thing I can tell you as a Gator fan and watching him play is he's a very sound tackler, but he's always hurt. He was hurt quite a bit. He also got thrown off the team for his conduct unbecoming of a Gator. That's going to hurt him in the draft as well. I mean, there's going to be a lot of interviews on, on him to see if he can play, but he definitely has the talent to play. As far as quarterbacks are concerned, and the, I mean, I, I was like, I have to throw a quarterback in there. You know, Purdue has a quarterback, this Adrian O'Connell, 6'3", uh, 210 pounds, runs with the ball, has good vision, throws the ball down the field, has good timing on it, um, but he's, he's just a guy. He's one of those guys, to me, that fills time. I don't think there's anything spectacular about him. I, I know he's going to get drafted. He's going to get drafted late. But, I mean, I hope that he has a good all-star appearance. I hope he moves up the, up the board. He has good size. He has a good arm. Um, he can move in the pocket. But everything, if you watch them play, you, there wasn't anything that jumped out to you and said, okay, wow, this guy's, this guy's going to be somebody. This guy right now is just a guy, and we'll see if he can make it uh, into, into something better. Okay, Baylor had some great offensive linemen this year. And Connor Galvin's just another one, 6'7", 302 pounds. Obviously, he's a tackle. 
great footwork. He's amazing on screens because that's what Baylor ran the whole damn time. Was he? Can, can, is he athletic enough to get up front? He absolutely gets in front of the ball carrier. So here is a running tackle um, guy. I don't know what he's going to play in the NFL as far as uh, he's probably going to be a right tackle or they're going to move him into guard. Again, very athletic, great footwork, great scheme that he ran. He got in front of his blockers. Uh, you know, he's strong at the point of contact. Connor Gavin is a guy that you're going to see playing in the NFL for a long time. And he's one of those depth players that people are going to add. Miles Brooks is a guy, is a corner, you know, out of um, Liberty. Physical downfield matches up uh, with bigger receivers. This is a guy I've not watched very much. I, d- I looked at his, at his draft position. He's, he's a fifth round draft pick draft. And I'm like, well, I've got to throw him in there. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I've watched a lot of this guy's. I'm sorry, he played at LA at, at, at La Tech, so that's so, at Louisiana Tech, obviously. So um, I wasn't going to um, talk about this guy that much because obviously I haven't been able to do any scout. There's not much tape on him to watch. But I threw him in here only because he's rated as a top 20 corner and in the in, in the draft. And I'm like, okay, let's see what he can do. The other thing is that the scouts say about him is that, that he's very a fiery player. He plays plays very aggressive. Um, he has a knack for getting into uh, skirmishes on the field. He's a big talker. Um, but that's a guy I can't tell you a lot about. The rest of the players, I can tell you, the ones that are on my list, I, I watch uh, quite a bit. But I'm not going to watch a lot of Louisiana Tech football. It's just that's not going to happen. I don't have enough time for it. But that's a guy that we want to that we want to go up. What's my time, Grace? A couple more. We'll go through a couple more. I'm going to get to some players, you know, that are fun, like Tavian Thomas. He's a running back. For those of you who don't know, he is. He's 6'2", 238 pounds. Unbelievable at, at breaking tackles. For those of you Florida fans who watched the Florida-Utah game, this was a game that was very interesting if you got to watch, if you got to watch him play. Absolutely killed us. He obviously uh, is going to play uh, like that third down back um, in the NFL he has a chance uh, to be one of those early down guys. I, I just think you know he's big and strong, two hundred forty pounds, six two. He run a sub four six, so he's in the four five forties. He he breaks a lot of tackles. He's got great hands. But if you got a chance to watch Utah play, you couldn't have watched Utah play without watching Tevion Thomas play. He's he was definitely a great player. I brought him up just because he's a player that I think is going to do something in this game. I think you're going to see that. It's, let me see who else. One more. Uh, a guy that I think will stand out that will be a lot of fun. You know, somebody like like Jaden Hazelwood out of Arkansas. Uh, 6'3", great size, 213 pounds, ran a, four, a sub 440. Very good at catching balls in contested situations. He's, he's one of those guys that jumps up. He uses his frame very, very well. He's very, like, he's got long arms. He can get to the ball. I like his speed and size. So, Really, if, if you look at it, does, is, does he have the production that the other receivers have? No. He's basically rated right now as a six-round draft pick. But, you know, that can move up fast. If he runs a sub-440, I mean, he's close enough at 6'3 to run a sub-440. You know, he's a guy that could sneak into that, like, Christian Watson conversation um, that got drafted by Green Bay last year. All right, so those are some really great guys to watch. Again, I think the star player that's playing at the East Red Shrine game is going to be uh, Zay Flowers. He's going to be one of my top receivers going into my NFL draft breakdown. Grace, we're going to be hitting the Senior Bowl next. And then after that, we're going to do our wrap-up of the season for the best-in-class all-rookie team. And then I'm going to review last year's all-rookie team to see um, you know, 
how great I was at picking those guys and see what kind of second year they had in the NFL. And then we're going to get on to uh, the NFL Combine. So I hope you guys had a great drive. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Again, next time, Senior Bowl, please visit us at BillCurryFord.com. See all the great specials we have going on. Fight inflation right now at Bill Curry Ford with rates as low as 0% and a lifetime warranty. Hope you guys had a good night. I'll see you next time.